Hi, everyone. I'm Coach Rihanna Milne. I'm on with Rick today. We're talking about all kinds of things, how the whole impact of childhood trauma leads to love trauma relationships, how to help your children who are struggling, and where you can get my two new books, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve and Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose, and Success. Also, you'll learn about the Childhood Trauma Checklist and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. We'll be right with you. You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn Presents... Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome. Our guest today is somebody I've waited several weeks to speak with. I'm looking so forward to it. She is the author of a number one best-selling book on Amazon, five-star rated. Among other books, this book is called Love Beyond Your Dreams. Break free of toxic relationships to have the love you deserve. Now, what beside nothing is wrong with with that, Rihanna Milne is our guest today, ladies and gentlemen. www.rihanna, R I A N A, Milne, M as in Mary, I L N E, Rihanna Milne.com. Rihanna, come on in. What a great book. What a great topic. And thank you for coming on. Hi, Rick. Nice to be here. Thanks so much for asking me to come on. Oh, absolutely. Hello. I've waited several weeks. I don't know what can possibly be wrong with love beyond your dreams but something tells me and i may be wrong i don't know but something tells me that maybe in your life years ago you might have had a situation where a relationship did not work and you said you know what i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna make it right i'm gonna get my life in order, and maybe that's how your coaching and everything started. Am I on the right track? Yes and no. I mean, me and every almost everybody else, actually, nine out of 10 people struggle in relationships. And I wanted to know why did I attract someone that was toxic into my life? But I was young. It was my Penn State boyfriend. We married young back in those days. At that point, I divorced at 26, became a single mom, two young girls. I learned mindset for success young in my life, at age 16, when I lost my best friend from a uh, drunk driver in a car accident. I was was not allowed to go to counseling. So I knew as a young person, I was going to grow up and be a counselor because I was not allowed to have one. So uh, at that point, my, my counseling, um, the way I healed was through books and mindset. So my mentors were like Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, the Dalai Lama, Marianne Williamson, and the Course of Miracles and other things like this. So I, my mindset became very strong in my 20s. And I said, I would rather be alone and be a great mom than live with a toxic partner. So that's what I did. I opened up my first month's rent for a model and talent school and agency because I couldn't get a loan. We had a bankrupt due to his business failure. 
career and I started my way. And I know one day I'll pay my mom back. It took me 16 years. And eventually I went back for a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology to be a counselor around age 40. So that was year 2000 that I opened up my practice. And then I had a second toxic relationship. And then at that point, I had to stop and say, okay, what is this? Uh, at that point, I was a therapist and knew that uh, childhood and love trauma were not in the DSM-4. Childhood trauma was not even taught in a triple master's program back in that time. So doing the deeper research in psychological journals, I put together that childhood trauma that's unhealed leads to traumatic, toxic relationships. So this book that ended up being 400 pages, and I said, oh, it's 400 pages, I have to stop, ended up being, yes, the number one bestseller on Amazon in three different categories. But also, it is the foundation of the courses that I teach as a global coach. And I went on to get a CCTP, Advanced, which is Certified Clinical Trauma Professional. So that is what I'm known for around the globe to help people who are coming out of traumatic relationships. Well, that is amazing. Did I hear you say Penn State? Yes, Penn State for my undergrad. Is mm -hmm. that P Pittsburgh? Uh, no, the main campus, State College. Oh, okay, the main campus. Uh-huh. All righty. I was born in Pittsburgh. That's why I ask. I thought Penn State maybe could be one of the colleges in Pittsburgh, like what they call Pitt. Yeah, yeah. And they, they might have a branch campus there, Penn State. But I went to the main campus. And after that, I moved up to Erie. So I used to actually model for a company in Pittsburgh, Donna Bella Jack, and escaped to Pittsburgh to go out and have some fun because I'm from Philly. So I'm used to the city. I'm a more of a city girl. <laughs> right. So. Now, you had a model agency or a model school, didn't you? Yes. Uh-huh. Age 26 to 36. And what did you teach there? Just how to how to model for print or stage or, or both or what? Um, well, it was models, singers, actors, dancers. So like a, a local eerie girl wanted to be a rocket. She became a rocket. I had an auto mechanic whose dream was to model. And I said, I think you're more of a Baywatch guy. He goes, oh, my God, that's my dream show. We got him on Baywatch. My own daughter sings on three multi-platinum CDs. When she was 18, 19, 20 years old, she's now 40 and a global coach herself. Um, so they called me the dream maker. And the number one thing I was teaching all of my clients was mindset because they had talent. They just had to know that they weren't just small town Erie PA. They had to know that they could make it in the big market too. So we used to compete at what's called the IMTA convention, International Model and Talent Association convention in New York in uh, July and LA in January. So I gear up my models, actors, singers, dancers <laughs> to compete in that huge international forum. And uh, within one year of opening my school, I was IMTA school of the year. So even though my ex laughed at me and said to watch how far you'll get in this town without my name and in a, with a talent agency. That's a joke. I'm there. Watch me. So that's how it was born. The watch me mindset, um, uh, teaching models and actors first. Then I had my psych degree and now I just help everyone. I have singles, couples from 16 to 76 years old, straight LGBTQ. Doesn't matter because childhood trauma has no prejudice. So we have to heal that first. And then it looks like, how is it manifesting in life? Like even for a lot of actors and singers, you know, the imposter syndrome comes from those childhood messages of you're not good enough. You know, you won't amount to anything. And that need for attention and then attention brought them the adoration. Well, everyone needs some sense of a healthy ego. 
even children, you know, so if you're not getting that at home, how else can you get that? Maybe you become the class clown, you know, maybe you become smart and then your teachers give you that love and admiration if you're not getting it from home. And then my work in the therapy field, I was a crises uh, trauma counselor in the schools every grade level, kindergarten through college. In Hackensack, New Jersey, I was a school psychologist. So working with kids in that capacity, and also I was in a mental health ward for children ages 5 through 19 in South Jersey. And I worked in drug and alcohol rehab centers. Uh, One was an adolescent center, and one was a center for women from the prison system. So after working with all these different kinds of ages and populations and cultures and economic demographics, it didn't matter. The top 10 traumas kept coming up. And that's when I created the childhood trauma checklist in 2012 and started giving that to my clients. And there's my diagnostic tool that I use today. And I know people are using it around the world to help get to the bottom of where were the traumas and how are they showing up today in life, love or business? What was toxic about the relationships that you had? Was it something that you knew was bad, but you just couldn't get the strength up to leave? Is that what being toxic is? No. If you don't have trust and respect for your partner, there's no love, you know? So that was not going to stay together. So I had the strength and the mindset to leave, even though I had two young girls. So some people would immediately go into victim role, but because I had mindset, I'm like, what can I do? Well, I can open up and start with my first month's rent, this talent school, because I modeled since the age of 12 and 13, and they need something like this in Erie. I was modeling myself. And they're like, oh, why don't you train some other people? I'm like, sure, why not? (laughs) So that's how that began. And I had a 10 years, but then I wanted to go back to school. So I sold that off for my master's program. That's how that began. It's not about a weakness within you. Some people do stay because they don't have the mindset to move on or they mistakenly think, well, I'll keep the family together for the kids. That'll be better for them, but not when it's two parents yelling and fighting. That's not healthy. One healthy parent who is teaching mindset and, you know, can raise two very successful daughters like I did or kids on their own. It's not easy, but it's not easy staying with a toxic partner either. So I voted for myself. I can do this and I moved on. Well, when somebody breaks your trust and it's not about me, anyone, or they lie to you or they cheat on you, uh, you lose the love, you know? Uh, Um, Yes, I do know. So what's happening is this goes back to childhood trauma, okay? And 100% of us have the top 10 traumas of what my research shows. So I think the listeners may be interested in hearing about that because they, they're not under, most people don't understand what trauma is. They think of big T trauma, like having a car accident and losing a limb or enduring a rape or something like that. No, there's little T traumas, which are ongoing emotional events that happen in many people's lives. For example, trauma number seven, we call personal trauma. Has anyone ever been bullied or felt different? Maybe they were the fat chubby child or the short man amongst, you know, their peers who were tall, you know, football players. Were they the only African-American in all Caucasian school? Were they the only LGBTQ coming out to their peers or to their family? This can cause what we call personal trauma and they weren't accepted. Trauma number one, did you grow up with any addiction in the home? And we're not talking only drugs and alcohol. 
alcohol. We're talking also sex, meaning you knew your parent was a cheater. Porn use, gambling, hoarding, gaming, eating, spending, workaholism, social media addiction. So those are the that's trauma one. Trauma two is verbal messaging. Were you told I love you? Did you get compliments? And if not, did you hear put downs instead? Like you should change that outfit. You look fat in that. Or no, I'm not sending you to college. I'll waste my money on on you. You know, things are like that are called verbal put downs. Or did you see your family, your parents fighting a lot and yelling a lot? And that's how they handled their problems. You're prone to then either grow up and yell at your partner or the opposite, shut down and not be able to speak your feelings at all. And then maybe become passive aggressive. Trauma three is emotional abuse and neglect. Trauma four is a big one. It's, um, well, trauma four is uh, any kind of physical abuse, rape or molestation, again, inside or outside of the home. So you get out of perfect family life and then endured a date rape in college, you know, or from the first boyfriend you had. The next one is abandonment. This tends to be a big one. There's two types. There's fault and no fault abandonment. And the no fault abandonment is a parent that may have died early or had to go off and serve at war or traveled a lot for their work. And, you know, I we didn't know in my family that my dad was FBI and CIA. So I wouldn't have thought I had that trauma until I thought about it a couple of days later. It's like, yeah, I remember asking when dad coming home and where is he? My mom said, well, I don't know where he is, you know, in a disgusted tone. (laughs) So she was not happy in her marriage. And I understand why as a woman, of course, she had five kids. She was raising mostly on her own, but my dad was very loving and emotionally um, giving when he was home. So with all these dynamics, they add up, there's 10 of the traumas. And uh, then I look at the severity levels and then how are they showing up in your life? Then we have to heal that. And then people have to learn what is emotionally healthy evolved in conscious love. And nobody taught us that. We learned from romance novels, movies. And if you thought that person was hot, you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I feel the chemistry. And I still see men on dating apps must have chemistry. You know, they're still going with that, which takes them back to their past. Psychologically, the brain likes homeostasis, which is what it knows. The brain likes what it knows, whether it's good or bad. So yes, there has to be an attraction factor, but choosing a partner has to become much more conscious and emotionally intelligent. So that's what I teach. Now, did your mother know where your dad was? No, we did not know. None of us knew until he was sick with cancer. We got letters from Washington, D.C. He served under Ronald Reagan and William Casey of the FBI and a couple presidents, Carter, Kennedy. So you can't tell your family back then. We knew he was a contractor and he was also a colonel in the Air Force. So that's what we knew. Oh, that's that's fascinating. I never would have thought the government would not allow someone to at least tell their spouse what they did for a living or, or who they work for. How can you contact me? Well, back then there were no cell phones, of course. Right. Oh, yes. Now that I believe. But he wouldn't co- dial in at all and say, hi, I love you. And, you know, <laughs> I hope to be home soon. Just come and go. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Okay. So a sociopath, as you were speaking of, what is that person again, quickly, just so we can understand it, a sociopath is somebody that what? Uses another person for pleasure, profits, or lifestyle advancement. Okay. Now, how does that differ from what a narcissist is? Yeah, that's a a podcast show all in itself. If you want me back, I'll show you. (laughs) I believe that. 
that? Uh, a narcissist, a sociopath is also a narcissist. Okay. A narcissist is very self-focused, but there's like seven categories of narcissists. Um, there can be very kind and giving narcissists. They dedicate their whole lives to their work and it's all about them and their work. Um, but most narcissists get the bad rap because they're very selfish. Here's an example. Married couple, they're struggling with money. Say the husband's out and he sees a shiny red sports car and he goes, well, that's all right. She'll deal with it. I'm getting it any way I want it. You know, so this is where couples often get into trouble. The cheater is a narcissist. Well, I want her because I do and she'll just have to deal with it or I won't get caught. They think they're above the law. They think they're above, you know, um, the par- the partner doesn't matter. What they want matters most. So they end up hurting a lot of people. Um, I do another scale called ACOA scale, and uh, it measures the different personality traits. And one is impulse. And if they're high in impulse, this is usually a big area problem for the couples. Okay, now, you're not going to have what you would ascertain in life to be true love if there's more than one person involved. You have to love one woman or the woman has to love one man. Is that not a correct statement? Yes and no. Um, I'm a spiritual person. So there's something that exists called agape love, which is unconditional love for friends, right? You can have a lot of friends, both female and male friends that you'll love for 20, 25 years, but it's not intimate. So any intimate connection, whether it's on the internet with just emotional writing or texting or in person, and intimacy, that is cheating. So, you know, if you're going to be honorable and respectable person to your relationship, no, you cannot have other intimate relationships going on, whether in person or online. Right. But, but, but your agape love and the intimate love, those are two different kinds of love there. Yes. But for your partner, you should also have agape love too. <laughs> they right. should be your best. Right. Yeah. I could see that. I could yeah. see that. But in other words, back to the old Jimmy Carter statement that he gave to Playboy magazine during his interview. He said, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you may have just, you might as well say you've just done it in the flesh. Mm. Do you agree with that? I believe uh, he was quoting the Bible, if I'm not mistaken. Probably, probably. You know, there's there's something about thinking about is another thing about taking action. Don't take action. Right. You know? Okay. Right. But <laughs> thinking about it, you'll say, well, if you just think about it, and but you don't act upon it, you've not violated uh, anything. You still love your partner. You can see an attractive person across the room and say, well, that's an attractive man or that's an attractive woman and be done with it, you know? So no, that's not cheating. But once you engage in writing, texting, engaging, you know, and your emotions are now swept up, it's an emotional or physical affair. Right. And you know what? Regarding those automobiles and cars, oh, I've seen that take down families uh, because that automobile, as shiny and as nice as it is, it's going to do nothing but depreciate the minute you bring it home. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, no. I've seen that happen. I've seen I've, it happen. It's it's a bad, bad situation. It's purely ego-driven. It is. 
It's very ego driven. That's usually a cheater or someone with high impulse, high trauma number seven, didn't feel good enough when they were young. There's usually jealousy and control tied to that. Also tied with verbal messaging. Also could be part of the abandonment piece. Those with abandonment tend to have high anxiety, the need for affection, high need for affection. Um, they tend to love bomb their partner, you know, really intense love real fast, which is not healthy. Um, and then they could be codependent, love addicted, and then what we have called RRS, relationship repetition syndrome. So that is if you uh, break up and go back, break up and go back, like, and research shows it's usually an average of seven times that people in these relationships do that, try and make it work, or they believe their partner, I won't lie this time, or I'm done with her, you know, those fake promises, and you're just caught up in what we call a trauma bond. Um, and the RRS is, is really uh, very, very toxic on people. And toxic is what we mean. It makes you sick, emotionally sick, physically sick. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You overeat. You overdrink. You start medicating, whether it's with pot or uh, alcohol or pills. Um, could be fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome. There's all kinds of things that make up what's a toxic relationship. But from the book, I could tell you on one page what makes a healthy relationship you'd like. Tell me. Absolutely. Okay. This is from page 294, Love Beyond Your Dreams. I call it the uh, foundation, the five S for a solid, emotionally healthy relationship. So the first one is a solid foundation. It's the ability to trust and be trusted. You have confidence in who you are. You like who you are as a single. We call that being a successful single first. And there's two people like that. And you share the same moral values. Second is flexibility. You're open-minded. You're caring. You're easygoing. Uh, you're emotionally open. You allow your partner, whatever it is that they want to do as far as presidential choice, to vax or not vax. That is their personal choice. So not one person is trying to run over or railroad the other. Third is fidelity, honesty, loyalty, and integrity. Uh, both people have that, and integrity means doing the right things when nobody's looking. Without integrity, trust, loyalty, and honesty, like I knew what was important for a foundation of a marriage, I knew I could not stay with the first partner. That's why I left. Okay, friendship. They should be your best friend. You respect them. You really enjoy their company. You laugh. You have fun together. There's kindness, reliability, support, and you do act as a best friend to your partner. And then fun. You have to have common interests, hobbies, shared activities now, and a shared vision for your future. Super important. The other things that fall in line here on this page is intimacy, but it has to be ongoing. A balance of love, deep friendship, daily affection, and then fulfilling romance. So, you know, the men that don't talk to their wives or give their wife, a, wife a, a kiss when they come home, and then at the end of the week they expect sex, well, there's no intimate connection for her. It doesn't feel, she's not feeling it, and that is a real thing. Uh, I could get into that too, but men's sexual center of the brain is seven times that of a woman. The woman's five senses need to be turned on to be feeling intimate. She also needs to feel safe and connected. So if those things aren't happening, She's not going to feel and want to be intimate with the man. It's not the same. Uh, compromise. Got to be able to compromise, know how to talk and communicate through your differences, work as a team. You have the, the ability to forgive and apologize uh, without imposing blame or bringing up stuff from the past over and over and over again. That just whittles away anything that you have left. Two balanced individuals. You each enjoy your life, your work. 
if you're marrying later in life, you have a great relationship with your kids. Um, and actually the last component, which was one of the best indicator of a long lasting relationship is a sense of spirituality, not religion, but spirituality. And that's a way of being 24 seven. So those are just from one page of the love book. Wow. Now, spirituality and having faith, that to certain people is a requirement, and I don't see where that can possibly harm you unless you're involved in one of these cult-type churches, and we can get into that because some of those are more harmful than relationships with another party. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about organized religion when I'm talking spirituality. Ah, good, good. It's a way of feeling and being 24-7. Like, just in your own moral self, like, I would never cheat on my partner. That's not why I would get married. You know, you just don't do it. It's conscious dating and conscious relationships. So this is a part of what I teach. Right. Now, aren't there people out there who say my whole life has been screwed up since I was a child. I grew up that way. It was a mess. It was not right then. It's not right today. So my whole life, because it's screwed up and it's screwed up now, ah, the hell with it. It's going to stay screwed up. That's all I know. That's all I can appreciate. And what do you say to somebody like that? Give me a call. That's the clients I work with. Right. You'll work with them. And what will you do? You'll clear them of that misnomer in their head. Uh, Being a certified clinical trauma professional, I use many, many trauma healing skills. It is not a fluff course. It takes four to six months. There's a 150-page workbook based on my uh, research, just like this Love and Live Beyond Your Dreams books are based on my research. Um, So it's it's never too late. My oldest person came to me at 76 years old after his fourth woman divorced him. He wasn't out. Wow. He was a gambler. I quit that. He goes, I quit all my addictions and I'm going to die alone. So it's all the way his whole life. He was in misery. And I said, are you ready to do the work? All I need is six months of your time. Now he's been with the same woman six years and happily in love. And he had so much to change, but he couldn't see it. He just thought if I get rid of the symptoms, which was the drinking, the gambling, the sarcasm that he thought was funny, but it was putting down his wives. So they didn't feel happy about it. And they left, you know, we had a change what his coping behaviors was from his childhood. And until we could do that and then teach him what is emotionally healthy relationships and what was he doing wrong and what can he do instead, then he knew how to go out and be a great partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's too late, but I would say do it before you're 76, right? Yeah. So I have a lot of people in their 50s and 60s that come to me because they have been suffering their whole life. And I get it. I've been a, a victim of this and, you know, I understand being a part of it. I had my, you know, identify my own childhood trauma from being bullied in middle school horribly to, you know, a no fault absence from my father. That's how we supported the family. But that was some abandonment. So you have to understand it, right? You can't, my slogan is, you can't change what you don't know or understand. So if you don't know what's going on, 
within you. And you don't understand how does this trauma impact me now? This is what we have to do. You have to know and understand it. Then we use the trauma tools to change it. That is part one of my coaching programs with them. And then part two, now if you're single, this is what an emotionally healthy relationship looks like. And then they have to learn those skills. If it's a couple coming to me, I have to do the um, the assessment of partner A, then partner B, and then the third entity is the relationship. And like I said, I work with both straight and gay couples as well. So it doesn't matter. It's just we have to see why are they emotionally triggering each other and get into this cycle of domestic violence and yelling and screaming and, you know, all this toxic dysfunction. But then later it's like, but I love you. Well, then clean up. Let's clean up the mess from the past. That's where it's all coming from. Now, as you look at these couples, and I don't care who the couples are, but as you as their coach, look at them. What is your your continual number one best clue, if I could call it that, that this relationship is bad? What is the single most problem you see, which is a red flag for you? Well, there's 36 red flags that we identify from one. Right. There is no one that, that overshadows the rest. I would say the RRS, you know, breaking up, getting back together, same thing happens or something worse and getting back together, breaking up. So that codependency, the love addiction, any relationship with addiction at all is a troubled relationship Um, and it's harming the kids. Now, the research shows childhood trauma goes through at least three generations. So if you had it, definitely your parents had it and their parents had it. Also, research on trauma from childhood shows that is changing DNA expression from the offspring of the Holocaust survivors. So them going through that ongoing horrible trauma day in and day out, both emotional and big T trauma, obviously, you know, that that changed the gene expression, giving them higher anxiety offspring um, and through the generations. So there's more and more research coming out on this. Like I said, this is pretty new and cutting edge. In 2011, when I started doing this research, childhood trauma was not a term. I started talking on it around 2012. 12, uh, when my love book was done, 2013, when my research was going on and people there, you're crazy. You're making this up. I said, you'll see watch me. No, I'm not. This is real. And this is a big miss in psychology. So now all the psychotherapists are talking about it, you know, but this is a condition that once cleaned up, it can really change your life. We go from what we call fear-based, negative, unconscious thinking and doing to full conscious awareness, living in the light, living in positivity, very little negative um, things would impact you. Like here's an example during COVID when we're told you got to stay inside for 30 days. You know, nine out of 10 people freaked out. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. I can't make money. We won't have food. There's no toilet paper. Everyone's freaking out. I thought, wow, I have 30 days to do a new project. Maybe I'll finish that book I'm working on right away. I'm thought, we think, what can we do? We say yes to opportunities more often. We're not afraid to move forward or invest in ourselves or our businesses. You know, people who uh, struggle in, in life usually have ongoing depression and anxiety anxiety, then they're taking these psychotropic medications. That's just a band-aid. Let's get to the root of the issue, which is healing the childhood trauma, the original thing that made you anxious or depressed. I mean, everyone can go through a stage of uh, depression when you lose someone you love, of course, but it shouldn't be ongoing. It's not the natural state of the mind or the body. So, you know, it's a holistic mind, body, spirit program um, and teaching you to be and feel your, your 
ultimate best. And holistic means you're treating the human body as a whole. Yes, correct. Mind, uh, your brain. Your brain. mind, your brain, and, and what else? Body is healing the trauma trigger response to the anxiety, the depression, and the results that trauma has within the body, like the sleep disorders, eating disorders, poor immune systems. In our kids, we're definitely seeing impaired cognitive ability to learn. When I was in the elementary school, I'm doing meditation with my kids in 2003 and four in the schools. They thought I was crazy. And I said, no, I'm, I'm calming down their trauma. How many kids are thrown on ADHD medicine because they think they can't learn, but they're coming from traumatic homes. So I was calming down the brain and the body. Once they're calm, cortisol comes down. They can learn better and retain their facts. If they're coming in after hearing mom and dad screaming all night and not yelling, or like one of my little kids said, yeah, I got myself to school today because my mom didn't come in from Atlantic City. Well, she was prostituting herself out on the streets of Atlantic City. I mean, this is what our kids are going through. Of course, this child couldn't learn. <laughs> so I do positive um, behavior modification using Star charts around my office. I do meditation. I teach them to talk about their feelings. Um, you know, how does their body feel when they're feeling that way? How to make better friends? Um, and everything starts changing and their grades go up. So, you know, the answer is not in a pill. I always said that it's not in an ADHD medicine. We have to look at diet as well. I sent these uh, families to an uh, incredible holistic Indian doctor that would dissect their entire diet and then walk them around his pharmacy and give them some things that would help clear up the body and make the brain sharper. And the, the kids' brains, you know, they re reacted, you know, they responded very positively. So there's things you can do holistically. So body means diet as well, right? And uh, moderate exercise and what's going on in the home. What kind of lighting is used in the in the home? So those, those bright lights used in schools are an adjutant. They agitate the kids. So use as much natural lighting as you can in your classroom. There's just all these different things that people don't know to try. So when I have that person in front of me, I find out what's going on in their life, diagnose that, and then give them many, many different suggestions to help them and their children and their families. And if they're single, then they need to know how to get out there and date um, without being anxious, without being afraid, without coming off needy. Uh, there's a lot of that going on and people are just turned off, you know, and they have to know how to be safe at the same time. There's a lot of dangerous characters out there. So you have to know what to do. What about certain occupations leading down the road to divorce? It's been known and said that if you're A, B, or C occupation, it has a high divorce rate, a high alcoholism rate. Do you go along with that or is that just an excuse? I think there's something to that. Well, there's there's some more demanding jobs than others, of course. Um, you know, if you're a divorce attorney, you, you don't like hearing people fight all day in your office. That can be very stressful. They say dentists have a high, you know, fallout rate, suicide rate. But, you know, it really comes down to life balance for everyone. Mind, body, spirit is a balanced triangle, equilateral triangle. Are they in balance for you? And if you're anxious, one of them are out of balance. So the other is work play and um, meditation or self-time, you know, and then me, you, and us. That's another triangle. There's time for you. And in that time, are you meditating? Are you doing your exercise? Are you eating healthy? Same for your partner. And then is there enough 
us time where you are dating and having fun together and your work, your life is just not all about work. It's all balance. That's up for me. You know, I, we also discussed that too. Like coaching is you work as a team. With counseling, most people are just used to talking to or at the counselor for 45 minutes to vent. No, in coaching, it is a team and they use my worksheets based on my research, um, my system's trademarks. So whatever they write down on the worksheet, I see then how I have to coach them back. So it is a give and take, but there's a lot of instruction in coaching, which is what really most people need. They really need to learn what to do, not just vent about their feelings and get no solutions, right? So it's a very active model with, uh, okay, this week I want you to practice this, 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 and this, you know, and then when skill builds on the next. So the people that do not know what to do, is that the fault of their parents? Is that their own fault or both? It's because nobody told them what an emotionally healthy relationship is, and nobody has told them about childhood trauma. It's now getting out there. It's funny, during COVID, everyone's there, I'll be a trauma coach. And it's like, uh, that is a mental health issue. And you have to be licensed and you need CCTP to really do trauma recovery work. It's not easy work. We are changing a lot of behavioral norms and patterns that are very deeply ingrained. That's why it's not a quick fix, but it is incredible um, when I have someone four to six months about how much their life really changes. It's really phenomenal to see it. You know, that's why I love the work that I do. But everyone will need something different that I focus on. So occasionally I do groups like my group just started this year, um, March 20th. I only do one a year, um, but I mostly work one-on-one individual. I heard you talk earlier today about working with the prisoners. Was this female only or both? Yeah, yes. They were uh, females from the prison system that ended up in drug court in New Jersey. They usually, if there's an addiction involved, they give them a chance and send them to rehab for 90 days to six months to get clean. And then I was brought in under a special grant to teach them this system. And it was amazing because I got them into like um, women's uh, offices that were donating, you know, employment clothes so that they could go out and and interview for a job. So I I taught them how to do a resume, how to interview for a job, how to parent, how to communicate with a partner. Like this was not drug and alcohol counseling. I said to the ladies, I said, I promise you, I will not mention the word drugs or alcohol. You know enough about that. They're like, well, then what are we going to learn? I said, everything else, (laughs) everything else you need, ladies to survive once you get out of here. So it was funny, Um, but it really, really worked. It really turned their lives around. And that was based on my book, Live Beyond Your Dreams. That's on mindset from fear and doubt to personal power, purpose, and success. And these two books were written to go together. It's a series. So one's on mindset and one is about emotionally healthy relationships. And you cannot have one without the other. Right. Now, the the book I just promoted at the top of the show, Love Beyond Your Dreams. There is a companion book and it's called uh, what? Live Beyond Your Dreams. Right. And the difference of love beyond your dreams, that is a mindset. No, live beyond your dreams is from fear and doubt to personal power, purpose and success. So that is using my mindset for success system. Okay, and then love beyond your dreams is what? It helps you identify what is a toxic relationship and then how to go out to date to find an emotionally healthy partner. And part four is if you're in a relationship, what does the emotionally healthy relationship look like? 
So it has four parts to it. Right. Now, is it your belief, having worked with the prisoners, and there's no doubt, as the world knows, the USA is the number one incarceration country in the world. We have more people in the jail than anywhere else or in the prison or whatever you want to call it. Is that because of lack of the love in those prisoners? Does it does that correlate to them being incarcerated and becoming a criminal? If they would have had the right kind of love growing up, becoming an adult, the right partner, if you will, wouldn't they not be in there? Yes, it all comes down to childhood trauma. That's why that this is a huge miss. When I was teaching college at Stockton University in New Jersey, I was teaching future drug and alcohol counselors. And I had one class that had maybe 65 students, some doctoral level, some kids out of high school that were in rehab, want to give back and want to become a LCADC, which is licensed drug and alcohol counselor, which I'm one of those two. So I said, in this and all your rehab centers, how many people are teaching how to heal childhood trauma? Two people raised their hand. I said, is this on purpose? Because you're hoping they relax. So they come back and spend more money at your rehab again, because if you're not teaching this, you will never heal the original problems. This is super important, Rick. I mean, and it's been a huge miss in counseling and psychology for years, but it does take advanced training. Like again, us licensed counselors, social workers, I'm a licensed mental health counselor, never heard the term and I have a triple master's. Childhood trauma was not out there. We heard attachment styles. We heard uh, briefly ACOA, adult child of an alcoholic, but it was only tied to alcoholism, nothing else. But these traumas that uh, now there's something that came out from the Kaiser Permanente, um, I think it was 2015 or 16, called the ACE study. Okay, by then I was using my chart for like four years, but they missed a ton of things. They did not have bullying. They did not have kids from the foster care system. Like, how could they miss my kids from the mental health ward? You know, kids from foster care systems are going through so much trauma. How could they miss abandonment? So on their list, they missed so many key things. But the, where my list had come from was actually doing the work with kids and people of trauma. So, you know, I didn't do the huge study they did. They did 17,000 people. Um, and I'm glad they did it because they had the money to promote uh, childhood trauma. So that word got out there more often. But I wasn't crazy about the ACE, um, what do you call it? The ACE test, I guess they, they call it. And I never use it. I'm like, nope, they missed too much. I'll use my my simple 10 step, here's the 10 traumas, <laughs> here you go. You know, because people can easily identify from there. True or false, the worst place in the world to try to cure mental illness or something not right in the person's mind is to incarcerate them and give them medicine. We have used that as a crutch too long in our society. Right. I mean, I understand if somebody's really dangerous and they have to be incarcerated for a period of time, but give them the services they need. Someone who's trained as a CCTP that really works with the childhood trauma issues. Is some people psychopaths beyond help? Yes, they probably are. If they're mass murders, mass killings, but you see any of those stories, they all go back to the childhood trauma piece. 
Um, there's a series on Netflix right now called Dirty John. It's a prime example of how a sociopath preys on a very sweet, intelligent, successful woman who's a single mom, has a couple of kids, great partner for anyone. This guy comes in and love bombs her, comes across as a perfect partner, then pushes for the early marriage. Now, if she had my checklist, she would have known that was a red flag. And then he totally changes once he got her. So what did he marry for? Lifestyle advancement, money. Right. So this is what they do. They use people and come across as the perfect partner. So a lot of women get confused saying, oh, my gosh, you know, he's a perfect partner. How did he change? I just want it back like it was in the beginning. It's like, okay, then we have to look at what were her needs coming from her childhood trauma. Right. So we, we have to dissect everything. Um, but the most important thing, it's not about shame or guilt or blaming your parents at this stage because they had trauma, too. It's about let's clean it up. Let's make you feel amazing about yourself. Let's make you a successful single first. If you're a couple, both of you come in ideally. But I have worked with one partner of a coupled relationship when the other refuses to go. That is a sign they're probably narcissistic, by the way. They're refusing or they're too ingrained in the affair and they're planning to leave anyway way. Or you'll see them go to counseling once or twice and say, no, the counselor is this, this, and this. They batch, you know, they they butcher the counselor for some reason, then they never go back. And then six months later, the woman tries again for another person, you know. So, but that's a sign that this person doesn't want to change. I am who I am. But I can change a relationship with one person as well. It's not as easy, but if you change nothing, nothing changes, right? So if I have one person changing and becoming amazing, two things are going to happen. And one, they see the toxicity of the partner and they're out and they're ready to be out and they're ready to move on. Or two, they start teaching them what they're learning and that partner can see the light and then they come in. Here's an example. I had a couple, they were in their 70s and she was going to divorce him. I said, you've been together 40 years. You sure you want to be in single world at 72? She goes, he's cheated on me the, you know, four times. I'm sick of it. And the last time was in their family home. I said, look, I get it. You know, I can see how upsetting this would be. You know, maybe just separate and try dating. You know, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to get healed. I want to go out. I said, okay. Well, she had my books at her house and he picks up Love Beyond Your Dreams and reads part one about what is toxic. What is a toxic partner? And he calls, he goes, hello, I am um, so-and-so's husband and I'm reading in your book and I guess I do have some faults I need to fix. I'm like, great. Well, I was waiting for your call. Come on in. You know, and they're still together. They moved out of that house. They bought a new house. They're happier than ever. Then they're still together. That's the second couple like that where the man came. He he was devastated. The wife filed for divorce after he had four affairs himself. I'm like, well, what do you expect? So I had to clean up the childhood trauma piece and him seeking this adoration. Why? He was a, a short Italian man and didn't feel good enough, shorter than his peers, you know, so always searching for women to give him attention. And I was able to heal all that. And she was open enough to give him another chance. And they're still together. And that was 2004. So now they're together 10 years. So this, this really has changed some amazing dynamics for both singles and couples. It's just somebody has to take the first step. Right. And in that case you referred to earlier with the 
76-year-old man. Did you ever hear from the woman involved? And where she said, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're, you're, you're an angel or whatever she would call you. She uh, didn't see it coming or she saw it coming. And Did she ever say anything to you? The woman that divorced him, the fourth one or the new no, one? No, no, the new one. Because um, she's the recipient of all of the improvements, if you will, in, in, well, in the behavior of the male. She's happy because they're still together. Um, he's supposed to be on one of my podcasts very soon. So I'm sure I'll hear some comments from her. But um, I know that they're together. I see he sends their pictures from their cruises all the time on white night. You know, of them dancing together. He sends me an updated picture. So I oh, know And still- you're going to have the woman uh, on the podcast too? No. He is. He's he's my client. Okay. My client. Now, where does somebody go to listen to this podcast? Put it out there so people know. Sure. My show is called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. It's on every platform. Um, that and also my educational tapes can be found on my YouTube channel, Rihanna Milne. And, uh, but the best place to start to get all these resources and all those links is my website, RihannaMilne.com. And when you're on there, you can take the four free love tests, including the childhood trauma checklist. On page one, there is a free ebook and also a link to connect with me for a one-on-one private session where I do this full assessment. It's called a discovery session. And I spend 90 minutes with you doing um, five simple worksheets that you fill out for me. And then I make the correlations of what's going on in your life and then how you can get help. Absolutely incredible. Wow. We're almost done today and we've just gotten started. My yeah. lands. I, I, this is a fascinating topic, but <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is, are we going to deviate, do you think, from this medication-heavy treatment program uh, for everyone? I understand if it's somebody who's, well, extremely criminal, your Manson type of individual. I can understand that, where they may want to keep that person medicated to some degree. But I'm concerned that somebody who is not a drug addict is going to come in and want and should get legitimate medical treatment and they end up being a drug addict because of the way society and the institutions will treat them. I mean, I am. There's not a lot of CCTPs around. That's the first thing. Second, the reason I went global as a coach is because as a therapist, I can only treat in my own state of Florida. So I'm very limited. As a coach, I treat people worldwide. So that's why I call myself Coach Rihanna Milne. Um, And I'm certified as a life and relationship coach. But I think the real need is obviously in the schools. These school mass shootings should not be happening. My question is, why are they keeping football coaches and not hiring what is called a SAC counselor, student assistance counselor that works with the emotionally upset kids? And that's where I was. But why did I bounce around to all these schools? Because their special grants ended. And then we were laid off and never rehired. So they should put emotionally, emotional health first and hiring any staff for any school at every level, even college levels. I was dating with a lot of emotional upset at, at the college uh, counseling center as well. So that's the first thing. Reach them at the children's level. When I was teaching mindset tool to my elementary kids, their grades went up, their happiness levels went up. They weren't acting out for their teachers. They weren't acting out at home. I would have the parents come home and uh, come in to see me and say, what is going on at home? This is why your child's getting poor 
grades? Are you willing to do your part? You know, and that is not discussed even at child study teams. You know, the SAC does still sit on there, child study teams. But, you know, as soon as they're like, I think they need ADHD medicine, I said, I think I need to talk to the parents. You know, let's get to the family system. And why are the parents upset? Well, because they came from childhood trauma too. So it's really education. It comes down to education. If they end up in the prison system, yes, especially due to drugs and alcohol, let them be a drug court system where they let them go into rehab, but then make sure the rehabs don't hire the cheap kids coming out of school, you know, for the cheapest price, get people that know what they're doing. This is the point where when I was teaching and looking at all these people in a rehab center and you're not teaching childhood trauma recovery. I'm like, why not? You know, do you want your people to heal or not? It'll be the reputation of your center if your your program works. So this is my frustration because I've, I've seen all, all the slips and the misses and everywhere that I've worked. You know, and I think that's really sad. Um, So getting to a child at the earliest age and for parents out there, don't ignore the signs of help from your kids. You know, there's uh, externalizers and internalizers. The internalizer kids are the quiet ones staying in their rooms, but they could be cutting, self-mutilating, doing drugs. Um, The externalizers are the ones that are yell, scream, run away from home, have risky sex. I mean, whatever signs they're showing, get them help. If they don't want to go to a counselor, get the online coach. I work with kids 16 and up. Maybe I'll take a 15-year-old if the computer is in a a den where the child can have privacy, but still be monitored. You know what I mean? It has to work for both of us, but I only do internet um, coaching now. Right. Uh, Well, it's a fascinating business you have there, ma'am, and I'm sure you've done good to a lot of families. Do the parents of the children uh, talk to you and say, I'm noticing a difference. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Or do you ever have them come and say, I'm noticing no difference at all. He's getting worse. What is your experience? I've never had that. Um, I'm really, really a, a big advocate for kids and mental health. So I've had huge successes with my young people, even on my website. You can see tapes of Amy, who she and her parents gave permission to share her story. That is on the homepage about how much she's changed. Um, No, I mean, you just have to be willing. The child, I just need a child for a period of time. And they like what they've learned. They love themselves. They feel good about who they are. They feel, because it's a scary world out there between COVID and missing school and all these scary messages and job layoffs like they're wearing like what should I become like it wasn't like when we grew up as kids it's like oh I can dream and be whatever I want you know now it's like where do I go what do I do so it's not an easy world um, for those going from high school into college I have a lot of parents hire me to be the coach for the kids up when they're up at college so they have that stable person once a week to you know discuss any anxieties that they have and um, you know once they're out from college I have parents contact me then I can't get my kid off the couch. He's too depressed. He's smoking pot every day. He's got no ambition. He doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. That's what we call failure to launch. I help kids launch their dreams and their careers. So it really, it, it comes down to just feeling stuck for many things, but it's it's a deeper personality trait that we have to get to and, and heal from what happened during childhood. And like he, that boy could have had like a, a terrific family, but bullied every time he went to school, you know, and felt not good enough, felt he couldn't compete, always kicked off every team. He was too small. I mean, it 
could be a hundred different things. Okay. One more thing I want to ask before we get out of here today. I don't want to run over time, but I used to get on the radio and say, well, when such and such and such and such happens on these kids, 99% of the time, it's, it was my belief back then that it was the parents fault. I've seen some parents don't have the brains that the good Lord gave them. All right. Now putting that aside, I have known other people who were wonderful people, high society people that did well. And they said these were good, good people that right. that that had faith that 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 had philanthropy that that did well by society that truly were decent good understanding caring people and they give birth to a child that turns out to be a criminal and people say well that's a bad seed and i've had people that have later talked to me and said you know what i believe in the bad seed theory just because somebody is an outstanding human being does not necessarily mean they're going to birth one do you know the bad seed theory and do you believe in that i i do know of it and i believe the opposite i believe all kids are born as god's kids right we're all here for a reason and they're hurting in some way and it's our job to figure out what that is with compassion and kindness and because like i said i've worked with so many kids in schools i've seen kids in the mental health wards why did they end up in a mental health ward okay let's get them out of there okay it's the bloods the gangs up in north jersey so no i do believe everyone deserves a real shot if they have the love and nurturing that they need from their their uh coach all right where can somebody get the books they're on amazon i'm going to assume yeah amazon uh barnes and noble bookstore uh any other online bookstore usually carries them and you can get the first 60 pages for free on my website rihannamilne.com they can download them there and order right from there the links are right there on my website very very well in closing today i just want to say go to rihanna's website everyone www.rihanna r i a n a milne m as in mary i l any rihanna milne.com and from that website can they get a hold of you there yes absolutely you can do the discovery session or just use the contact page and shoot me an email tell me what's going on for you and i will personally get back to you all righty rihanna i don't know what to say other than the fact for years i thought that fleetwood mac was singing that song about you rihanna you know they had one but i looked it up and they're actually singing Rhiannon. That's right. It's a different name. Have you ever known anybody named Rhiannon? Rihanna, a Fleetwood Mac song, no, but Rihanna the singer came after my Rihanna. Okay, I've never known a human being by the name of Rhiannon, and that's what Fleetwood Mac is singing. I don't know where they got that. Yeah, me either. (laughs) All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, what a show we have had today. We're going to get out of here. Thank you to our guest today, Rihanna Milne, www.rihannamilne.com. On behalf of myself and our very special guest today, Rihanna, thank you all. It's been fun, but I've got to run. This is Rick Flynn speaking. New shows every Wednesday. We'll be back next Wednesday 
with another show. We're going to get out of here. Rihanna, anything else you have to say before we scoot on out the door? Just thank you so much for hosting me. And for all our listeners, I want to remind you that now is the time to create the life you desire and have the love you deserve. Don't wait. Okay, very good. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Good night. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.